My first motorcycle, my first motorcycle was a Harley Davidson. I was, uh, Johnny, are you impressed? I was only 14 years old when my dad bought my brother Rick and I a, a motorcycle, and, and he brought home to us a Harley Davidson 50. It was a, a 50cc Harley Davidson. Now, I actually Googled it this week, and I think it was wrong. One of the places called it a scooter, and it was definitely not a scooter. It was a motorcycle. It was a, it was a three-speed on, uh, on the handlebars. You clutched and shifted gears on the handlebars. That was a, that was a bad boy. That thing was way faster than my bicycle. Uh, well, it was a little faster than my bicycle, but I didn't have to pedal. Uh, I had to push it up hills, but I didn't have to pedal. About six months after we had that, 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 that Harley-Davidson, uh, my dad bought my brother and I, because he liked us better than my sisters, uh, my dad bought my brother and I a Honda, a brand new Honda 100, 100cc, a bright orange, that, oh, I loved that motorcycle. It was a, a, a sweet motorcycle. Now, I'm just going to be honest, it wasn't, it wasn't quite as fast or as powerful as some of my friends' motorcycles. They, some of my friends had Suzuki's and Yamaha's. This, uh, this Honda was a four-stroke, so it didn't have the, the ump that they had in their two-strokes, but, but it still was a pretty sweet ride. I spent hours on that motorcycle, riding the streets of my hometown of Woodlawn, Illinois, as well as the surrounding uh, country roads. I remember riding uh, on a track that I made out at my grandparents' farm and, and going to my cousin Benny out to his grandparents' farm and riding a track and going to to uh, Kevin and Jerry Clinton's farm and riding tracks there. I remember going to Harvey's Hills. I got a few people watching back in Illinois. Uh, you might remember Harvey's Hill. I remember going to Harvey's Hill and hill climbing with my motor. Well, technically, I didn't hill climb. That Honda 100 wouldn't go anywhere. So, But I would ride that motorcycle and watch other people hill climb at Harvey's. I love that motorcycle. I love that motorcycle. So... So fast forward a, a, a few years. Reed and I had been only been married only about maybe about two years. Uh, we were pastoring in Hume, Missouri, and and a guy came to visit me in the office one day, and he came up riding up on a motorcycle. And after a visit with him, I sat out there and watched him, and he let me take his bike for a ride. And and man, just just feeling that riding that motorcycle, it brought back all those old memories of riding when I was a kid. And and that evening, I. Uh, I walked into the, the house and I told Rita, I announced to Rita that I, that I was thinking about buying a motorcycle. Well, that's when I found out that, uh, much to my chagrin, that I re- wasn't really in charge at our house. Because her response was to, uh, to, to stare at me, number one. I got the look. I, I'm familiar, quite familiar with that look. I, I got the look and she wagged her finger at me and said, no, you're not. Now, the truth is, we didn't have any money. So I don't know where I thought I was going to come up with the money to, to buy the said motorcycle. But, uh, but that's not why she wagged her finger at me and, and so, so sternly declared that we weren't going to buy a, a motorcycle. I, I argued with her. I pleaded my case. And then she shut me down with this. She said, don't you remember? Don't you remember the stories that you told me about when you used to have a motorcycle and the time you almost killed yourself or the couple times you almost killed yourself. There's, 
no way I'm going to let you have a motorcycle and kill yourself and leave me with these two kids to raise. Now, I didn't have any life insurance at the time, so I don't know if that influenced that decision or not. But, but uh, I could tell I wasn't going to win the argument, and I walked away upset. Not, not necessarily upset at Rita, but upset that I told her that story. Upset that I told her about the wreck. See, I remember when it happened, uh, coming up on an anniversary here pretty soon, it was May 15th, 1973. Now, I don't usually remember dates very well. Uh, anniversary and Rita's birthday is about it. But I don't remember dates very well. But this was, this was one day before my 15th birthday. That's the only reason I know. Uh, I, I was riding my, 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 my Honda 100, my beautiful orange Honda 100. And, and I was about a half a block from home. I was riding along the railroad tracks that run through my hometown. There was kind of kind of cinder block uh, or, or cinder ash uh, uh, paved area and, and it made a smooth place to ride. And I was riding my, my motorcycle down the, literally, literally about 50 or 60 yards from, from the house. And, and, and to this day, I don't know how, I don't know why I didn't see it. Maybe I was waving at a friend. Maybe I was gazing off into the disc. Maybe I was thinking about what I was going to do when I got back to the the house, but but all of a sudden, I noticed right dead in front of me was a railroad tie. S- someone had mowed that day, and they'd tossed an old railroad tie right up in my path. Now, not not literally right in front of me as I was riding. It had been there all day probably, but but I didn't see it. I last minute I saw it. And I tried to get the front wheel up over it, but I didn't. I hit that I hit that railroad tie, and the front tire stopped. The front wheel stopped. The back did not. Nor did I. The back wheel came up over, and it threw me, I don't know how many yards ahead. I landed on the top of my head and on my shoulders. My, 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 my bike flipped end over end a couple times and rolled. I, I got up from that, and this is probably why I told Rita the story. I got up and, and just surveyed the damage, and, and I was really upset. My motorcycle, one handlebar was bent straight down. The seat was ripped up. The headlight was busting. The taillight was I don't know where it was. The front rim was bent, and I, I pushed that motorcycle back to the house, dropped the yard, went inside, and, and somewhere in the process of cleaning myself up, Mom walked in the bathroom. About the time, a big old hunk of hair landed in the sink. She looked at that. She looked at me in the eye and saw the glazed look and said, we're going to the hospital. A concussion, a few stitches, several scrapes, a sprain, a badly sprained ankle, and a night in the hospital followed. I can't help but wonder. I can't help but wonder what what Rita would have said had that not happened. Would she have let me have the motorcycle if, if I hadn't have taken my eyes off the path in front of me? If I hadn't been distracted? So, so Jesus in the, the middle of his sermon on the mount, we've been talking about that for a few weeks now. Matthew Chapter 5, 6, and 7, uh, Jesus' sermon where he challenges us to change in so many ways. Right in the middle of this sermon, Jesus was talking to the people on the hillside, and, and we talked about this last week, that he was talking about treasure, and he, he defined what treasure was and told us we shouldn't have treasure here on earth, but in heaven. Then he, he basically said what that looks like, or at least we talked about that last week, what makes what counts as a deposit in heaven, and, and then it Really, he left it. We have to decide, are we going to serve God or are we going to serve 
our, our finance. We're going to serve God or we're going to serve money. And then Jesus said, his next phrase, his next words, Jesus said something that would have caused them to stop for a second and say, he said, what I need to change? He said, what I need to change? Uh, and, and the one thing that, that informs us, that lets us know, that tells us that, uh, that, that they would have thought that way. There's, there's one word. I wish we were meeting together. I wish this was next Sunday because I would ask you after reading this text if you can find that one word. So, so at home, when you read along, if, if you don't have your Bibles, open up real quick to Matthew chapter 5, where, uh, or Matthew chapter 6, excuse me, starting in verse 25. Uh, there's one word in this text that just jumps out, and, and that, that is the word that would have caused them to say, what did he say? I, I have to change? So Matthew chapter Chapter 6, starting with verse 25, he says this. Therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more important than food and the body more important than clothes? Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not, not much more valuable than they? Who of you, by worrying, can add a single life, uh, an hour to your life? You might want to just underline that in your Bibles. That's probably a good verse. If nothing else, that, if you learn nothing else today, to catch that verse. Who can add an hour to your life by worrying? And why do you worry about clothes? See the lily of the fields grow. They do not labor or spin. Yet I tell you, not even Solomon, all of his splendor, was dressed like one of these. If that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow is thrown in the fire. Will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? So do not worry, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For the pagans run after all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. Did you catch did you catch the word that, that actually is, the, is one of the key words in this text? The word that would have caused them to pause. I need to change? What did he say? I need to change? If you didn't catch it, I'll, I'll tell you. That's why I wish we were meeting together. I'd, I'd let some people throw out some answers. Uh, it's a simple word. It's actually the very first word there. Therefore. He starts off, he, he transitions between one thought. Last week talking about building up treasures in heaven, not earth. Uh, to, to what he's going to say today about not worrying, he, he, the transition word, and, and it's, it's powerful, it's meaning is therefore. W- whenever you see therefore in Scripture, probably in, in any kind of literature to be truthful, but, but when you see therefore in Scripture, I, you need to note a couple things. First of all, it always points back. Therefore always points back to what's just been said. So if you're reading along, along in Scripture and, and, a, and the writer says, uh, and, and a phrase, therefore, you always, if it's me, I always have to reread what did I just read to make sure I understand it, but it always points back. So Jesus, Jesus was either pointing back to what he literally had just said, you can't serve God in money, uh, you'll love one or, and hate the other, or be, uh, uh, be devoted to one and despise the other, or, or maybe he was referring back to uh, the, the whole text there, storing up treasures in heaven, not on earth, or uh, and, and I actually think that's probably what that whole section there. 
But he could have been referring back to the whole sermon. This whole sermon had been a challenge to, to change your life and do something different. So therefore, always points back. So what was Jesus talking about? Okay, therefore points back. And when you see therefore, it always does this. It always challenges a response. It always, it's always asking you to change. So, so because of that, you need to do this. That, that's what therefore is. So, so in this text, that, that's what would cause them to stop and, and think, what did he say? And, and quite honestly, church, it, that, should, that should be our response. When we see that, that therefore, we should think, what, what did he say to us? And Jesus, I think, is challenging us here in two ways. Now, I'll give you a little heads up. We're going we're gonna to spend almost all of our time uh, on, on our first point here today. The second point, when we get to the second point, we're, we're basically done. He, he points to two ways that he challenges us. Here's the first one. He challenges us from being distracted. He, he wants us to not be distracted. Now, now, you can agree with me or want or, or not. In fact, I would encourage you, uh, some of you may to respond to this on Facebook. If, uh, if you don't want to do it on our live feed, if you want to send my wife a text directly, that would be fine as well. But I think I would look good on a motorcycle. Bobby, are you with me there? Read a Bobby thumbs it up. Uh, he's going to be talking to you later. I would look good on a motor. Can you imagine? Can you imagine me driving to Rush uh, from Rushville to Troy uh, on a Harley? I, I mean, a big Harley, not not a Harley fifty, but a big Harley. I'm, I'm on a I'm on a big old Super Glide. I don't even know if they make those anymore. Full dress or whatever. I'm on this this big old Harley Davidson, and I I pull up the church, and I've got my I've got my leathers on, and I pull up, and, and, and as I stop, I let it idle for a while, get that deep throat, and, and then I turn it off, I kick the kickstand down, and take my helmet off, straighten my hair back, well, you know, wipe the sweat off my forehead, and I step off the motorcycle. Man, would, would, uh, wouldn't I look good doing that? So, so let Kevin Thompson, would you let Rita know? what you think about that, uh, that I should have one. But I don't think that's ever going to happen. Because one day short of my 15th birthday, I was distracted. Jesus says, therefore I tell you, do not worry. Uh, what he really means there, what the Greek word for worry means is distracted. Don't be, don't be distracted. It, it has the idea, uh, worry, whenever you see worry or Anxious, uh, Philippians chapter 4, it says don't be anxious uh, about anything but, uh, but by prayer and supplication. Uh, when it uses that word, it's, it's the idea of not being distracted. It's the idea of, of not being double-minded or, or basically thinking about two things at the same time. It's the idea of not being drawn or pulled in two different directions. You, you see, worry in a spiritual application is us trying to keep our eye and our mind on God while, while, while thinking about something else at the same time. Worry is, uh, is us trying to trust God. God, I'm going to trust you. I'm going to give you this part of my life. I'm going to give you that part of my life. But at the same time, trying to figure it out ourselves. You, you may call yourself, and some people are this way, some of you may call yourself a worry ward, or maybe others will, or you may just say, I'm, I'm a, by nature a worrier. And uh, uh, certainly those of us who don't usually worry too much during this pandemic, 
uh, have found ourselves in this time of uncertainty and uneasiness and, and, and not being able to control things that we used to be able to control, we might find that, that, that we're easily distracted. Maybe we're, maybe we're worrying or distracted or double-minded about our finances. We want to trust God. God, you, you say you're going to take care of me, but man, I've got to figure it out myself as well. Maybe we're worried about our health. For, for yourself, for your your parents, for your kids, your grandkids. I'm going to trust God. God, I'm, I'm just going to lay this in your hands. And yet, what part of us, and, and, and maybe this is true, so, so many of us, we say we want to trust God, but man, we're, we're just living in fear, so many people. God, God you've got it, but golly, I, I've got to be in control too. And see, that's what worry is. It's double-minded. It's, it's being distracted. It's pulling one way and then the other. The other God, I, 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 uh, I trust you, but but I got to figure it out. Uh, now let's go back to the text here. Uh, now what I'm going to say next may may seem to be uh, splitting hairs, but but when I read this text uh, several times, it's one of the things that just jumped out at me from this text, uh, and and I may be the only person that notices this. Um, welcome to my world. Uh, if you didn't notice this, but, uh, but, but Jesus says something that t- to me, it, well, first of all, this is what he says, last week's text and this week's, and, and these two texts are tied together, you can't separate them because of that word therefore, so they're tied together. So last week Jesus said, store up treasures in heaven, in, in other words, prioritize living for me, prioritize things that, that, that have an, an eternal effect, that's what Jesus said last week, and this week he says, don't worry, I, I, I've got it covered. And really, that's what, he, that's what he meant when he says, don't worry about your life. And then he illustrates uh, it a couple ways. Uh, he uses birds. Well, birds don't, don't labor or, or reap, and yet God feeds them. And then he said uh, about clothes, he said, well, look at the lilies of the uh, lilies. They don't, uh, they don't uh, spin or labor, and yet, and yet they were more beautiful than Solomon in all of his splendor, in all of his, his, his glory. Now, now it seems to me like, uh, you guys might want to step back, those of you that are here, because maybe I might get struck by lightning on this one. But it seems like Jesus got this backwards. Okay, I didn't hear anything. I think I'm okay. Because um, I don't think he did. I think Jesus, and that's what I'm going to talk about, Jesus did this on purpose. But it appears like he got it backwards, doesn't it? Now, now, follow me here. Wouldn't it, wouldn't it have made more sense if Jesus had said, don't worry, I've got this. Don't worry, God's going to cover this. Don't worry, God's going to meet all your needs. Don't worry about that. And, and since you've got that distraction out of your life, since you've got that worry done with and handled, hey, now start storing up treasures in heaven. So it seems like he says it a little bit backwards. Let me illustrate this way. This summer, I have three weddings um, that I'm going to perform scheduled. In fact, two of them have already had to, to cancel and reschedule. Uh, one of them was last night. Um, at least I hope it got canceled because I wasn't there uh, and I didn't get a phone call. So I, I think Lauren canceled hers for last night. But, uh, but, but when I go to weddings, particularly when I go to wedding receptions, I have a I have a sense of tension when I walk into a reception. I don't know if anyone else is like this. Again, I may be the only one. But when I walk into a wedding reception, this is my first concern. 
wasn't like this back in the days of cake and punch in church basements. Dads everywhere wished their daughters would go back to cake and punch in, in church basements. But now you walk into a reception center, all dialed up. They got a band over here, a DJ over there. And in one corner, they have a bar. And my question always is when I walk in, is it free? Is it, is it free? Now, now, I'm not saying that because I'm thinking, man, I can drink beer all night long and get drunk, and, and neither should you, church. You shouldn't be thinking that. But this is what I'm thinking. If it's free, I'm going to drink Diet Coke all night long. If it's free, I'm going I'm to walk up to the, to, to the bar and set my cup down over and over again and say, fill her up, barkeep. That's as close as I get to, to bar language. I don't even know if that's probably not even a thing anymore. But, but fill her up because if, if it's free, I'm going to drink. I'm going to drink from the, the, the time the meal is served to the cake is cut till the chicken dance. I'm going to be drinking Diet Coke. Uh, so, so it seems like Jesus should have said here, don't worry about your life. Don't worry about stuff. I've got it covered. Now, let me just point this out. If any of them are watching, any of those three couples, if you're watching, if you will let me know ahead of time, before the reception, you can, you can text me or just let me know that day or at the rehearsal. If you'll let me know if the bar is free, then I won't have to worry. I'll have no tension when I walk in. I know I've got Diet Coke all night long. Now, now as I said, maybe I'm making, a, maybe I'm making too much of a, a deal of this, but but it's like if I walked into the reception and, and Jesus asked me, do you want water or Diet Coke? And I've got to decide. I don't know, is it free? Is it not free? I know what I want. I, I, I want Diet Coke I, or, or Diet Pepsi or Diet Mountain Dew. That's what I want, but I don't know the cost. If, if, it's like Jesus at, would, would ask us, do you want earthly treasure or do you want heavenly treasure? Do you want earthly treasure? And I know that's a tough decision sometimes because earthly treasure we can see and we can touch and it may give us some pleasure right now, but if we really stop and think about it, it's heavenly treasure. That's going to give us the most satisfaction, just like Diet Coke will over water. And, and, and it's like after I say to Jesus, well, Jesus, I want Diet Coke. He says, whoo, I've got you covered. The bar is free. Man, it changes everything. It seems to be that that's what he's saying. He's telling me to make a choice. That's what he did last week in that text. Who, you, who are you going to serve? Are you going to serve me or are you going to serve yourself? Are you going to store up stuff here or are you going to store up treasures in heaven? And once we made that decision, he says, hey, I got some good news. You don't need to worry about your life. I've already got that covered. So it's like the fifth time I go up to the bar at the reception. And by the way, wedding people, if you'll tell your bartenders to have big glasses for the Diet Coke drinkers, that way we don't have to go back nearly as often with those little bitty ones full of ice. But, but, but I can go back knowing it's covered. I don't have to go back and on that fifth time set it down and the barkeeper say, I've been keeping track, you owe me 20 bucks. Nope, nope, it's covered. So Jesus challenges us you need to change from being distracted. Now, now he points out, we're going to see two things here. He points out two ways that, we're, uh, that, that we could be distracted. Things, two things we could be distracted by. Here, here's the first one, by our needs. Uh, in, in fact, uh, he, 
he points, or, or we see two different types of needs. We, we, first of all, we see the stated needs. Uh, and, and he makes a list here. And everyone that's ever lived, uh, no, no matter what the time, everyone who lives now, no matter where you live, these three things are part of your life. And, and he puts it this way, uh, drink, something to drink, something to eat, and, and clothes. Now, I will, I will expand clothes and say you, you could expand that out and see that as just shelter, not just clothes, but, but also a place to lay your head, shelter. That's always been true for all people. Babies, babies want to just be satisfied. They want to be fed or, or if they're thirsty, something to drink, and they want to be comfortable. They want to be warm, not too hot, not too cold. We, we want to drink when we're thirsty. We want to eat when we're hungry. We don't want to walk around without clothes, or at least hopefully you don't, and we want somewhere to lay our head. See, God knows that we need that. Verse 32 says, your heavenly Father knows that you need those things. So, so he's saying, don't be distracted by your basic needs, so much so that you lose sight of the bigger goal or the grander purpose, which is for us to store up heavenly treasure. What, why? Why is this list what it is? Why did Jesus just say food, water, clothes? Those on the hillside that day, this is quite honestly, that was their concern. That's, that's what they had to think about. We're going we're gonna to talk a little bit here in, in a second about what that list might look like for us, but, uh, but we'll go on. So, so that's the stated list. Jesus says don't worry about those things. You seek God first, and then don't let those things distract you away from, from, from storing up treasures in heaven. So there's that stated list, but I think, I think there's, a subtle, there's a subtle need there that is, uh, is, is in the sermon. In fact, I, I think this need is weaved throughout the sermon, and actually Jesus addresses it throughout the sermon. It's, a lot of the ones on that hillside that day were worrying about what would have what would have been addressed by Jesus in that sermon. I think they left that day realizing that they were no longer distracted by this subtle need. And and here's what that need is because it's it's what was on that that hillside. The need was I don't I don't have to worry about salvation. Why, why, were there, why were there so many people on the hillside that day to hear Jesus? They, they'd come, I mentioned last week, from all of Galilee, but they'd also come from the other side of the Jordan. They'd come from Jerusalem and Judea. Why were, why were thousands of people there to hear Jesus? Well, a couple reasons. Number one, uh, some of them were, were there because they'd heard that Jesus had turned water into wine. Now, let me know if I'm wrong, but, but from what... I see on Facebook some, from some of the posts I see, if a lot of our people knew that Jesus turned water into wine and he was here, he would be real popular now because apparently wine has been a popular thing in a lot of households here recently. I'm just saying. Uh, but literally, there were people that were following Jesus because he turned water into wine. He also touched a, a guy with leprosy and made him whole. There's a guy missing a couple fingers. Maybe his nose had fallen off and Jesus touched him. Man, he's all the way back together. Guy had been blind. Jesus touched him, and he could see. But some of them were following Jesus because they heard that he might go to a cemetery and say, hey, come out of there, and, and a dead guy would come walking forward. So there were, 
there were a group of people, there were a group of people that were, were following Jesus just because they wanted something good to happen to them or they just wanted to see it happen. But most of them were following Jesus that day and it, it was a little bit more of a subtle thing that Jesus was speaking to, but it was big and it was real. They were following Jesus because he offered hope and he spoke truth to them. In John chapter 6, verse 68, it says, Simon Peter answered him, Lord, to whom shall we go? Whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. The, the worry that was, was distracting a lot of the ones on the hillside day, that day that was prevalent, that, that infected the hillside. Uh, you know, sorry for using that word, but the, 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 the worry that, that was massive throughout that hillside that day was, do I have hope? Do I have salvation? And Jesus dealt with that. Now, let me, let me speak freely here for a second. We've got, uh, we've got lots of different people watching today. Do you, let me ask this question. Do you live without worry? Do you live without distraction? Or is, is part of your heart saying, man, I want to trust God, but man, look at all this stuff over here. And, and in particular, when it comes to your salvation. See, that's one of, the, one of the things that Jesus was speaking to here. He wanted them to walk away and not worry about whether they had salvation, whether they knew who he was and had a place to be with him. Can, can you lay your head on your pillow tonight? Can you lay on your, your head on your pillow tonight and with, without, uh, without any worry, with total certainty, have hope? And have confidence of salvation. Do you know beyond a shadow of a doubt that Jesus is the Lord of, you, of your life? Do you know without a shadow of a doubt that you don't have to be distracted by that thought even, even a little bit? Do you know 100% that you're covered by his blood? And you know that, that God forbid if you died tonight or God forbid Jesus, well maybe not God forbid, but hopefully Jesus come back today. If Jesus came, do you know that you would meet him in heaven? Jesus, one of the things he's saying here today is, therefore, don't, don't worry. Don't be distracted by worry or, or division that you don't know. You can know. 1 John 5.13 says, I write these things to you who believe in the name of the Son of Jesus, or the Son of God, so that you may know that you have eternal life. Do you know that? Do you know that with certainty today? I think one of the things he's saying is, man, our goal is to store up treasures in heaven. So, so don't worry about that subtle thing. Don't worry about salvation. I'm your salvation, but have you connected to it? If you don't know that, then I, I would encourage you. I know it's a little, little bit difficult times, but I'd encourage you to call the church. I would tell you the phone number. I don't know the church's number. But it's on our webpage, TorreyChristianChurch.com. You can find our phone number. I, I would encourage you to call us this week. I'd encourage you to drop by the church. I'd call you, encourage you to call myself, and I'll give that to you, 816-294-5507. Call me, email, email me, Tim at Troy Christian Church. Uh, come to church next week. Our, our baptistry will be full. We'll be ready to take your confession. We'll be ready to have you walk out knowing without a doubt that you are saved.
I think that's one of the things Jesus is addressing here. It's subtle because it really weaves throughout the sermon. Because I want you to know that you are saved. But it only comes through Jesus. So, so don't be distracted, first of all, by our, our deeds. And that's what Jesus pointed out. But Now, he doesn't say this. I, I'm, I'm going off, off, uh, off the rails here just a little bit. I'm going off text, going off, maybe off topic here a little bit. But, but I think it, it's easy for us to understand. We talked last week about hermeneutics. Hermeneutics is a study of how to interpret. So the first question we ask is, who is he talking to? We talked about that last week. He's talking to these guys on the hillside. But another aspect of hermeneutics is, is to, to expand that out. And Okay, how, how would he say it to us then? So if we were sitting on that hillside today, I'm pretty sure that Jesus wouldn't talk so much about our needs. So don't be distracted by our needs. I think Jesus... Agree with me or not, I think Jesus would would change that sermon and say, don't be distracted by our wants. Not everyone watching today can say this, but I can. I have never, I've never worried about what I'm going to drink, what I'm going to eat, or what I'm going to wear. Never had to worry. Now, sometimes I worry, uh, I, I don't want to drink uh, lukewarm water, I'd rather have ice Ice uh, cold water. Uh, so, sometimes I'd rather have a bottle of water than, than tap water because it tastes nasty um, in, in some places. And quite honestly, I'd rather have an ice cold Diet Coke or Diet Pepsi than, uh, than, than, than even ice water. Uh, or if my diet would allow really an ice cold can of Mountain Dew is really what I would desire. But, but I'm never worried about what I'm going to drink. Uh, I've never worried about what I'm going to eat. In fact, my, my biggest worry about what I'm, what I'm going to eat, can I get an amen from some of you at home, is not what I'm going to eat, but am I going to be able to stop eating? That's my problem. That's one of the, the downfalls of this pandemic is we've all put on some weight because we're, we're worried, we're stuck at home, what do we do? We eat. So, so I've never worried, am, am, am I going to have something? Now, there's some of you that have. In fact, my parents, I grew up, I tell her this all the time, we were, we were poor, and I'm sure there's times that my, my mom, mom and dad... Uh, Maybe worried about what they were going to eat, but us kids, we never did. There's some people watching that maybe have been that. Maybe there's some, some older folks that there were times they didn't know. But but just for myself, I'm speaking for Tim, I've never worried what I'm going to eat. I've never worried about what I'm going to wear. I should. Uh, but but seriously, I've never worried that I'm going to have something to wear. Rita, uh, I, I don't care if my tie matches my shirt, but Rita does, so she worries about what I'm going to wear. But but I've never had to worry. And, and, and if we expand that out, I've really never worried about where I'm going to live. I've never had to worry about sleeping on the street. Now, maybe there's someone watching today that did. Maybe you're there right now. Maybe, maybe you've had that before. But, I, man, I've been, in, I, I've been in some apartments and some rentals that I, I didn't want to stay there much longer. But, but I've never really worried, am I going to have a place to lay my head? So, so it's really not too hard, is it, to figure out that if Jesus were speaking to me today, I leave you guys out of it. Maybe he wouldn't say this to you. But if Jesus was talking to me, if he was looking me in the eye on that hillside today, I don't think he would say, hey, don't worry about what you eat, what you drink, what you wear. I think he would say, Tim, don't worry about your 401k. Tim, don't worry about getting a new car. Tim, don't worry about your vacation. Don't worry about the things that you put your mind at so many times. 
So what Jesus would say, because you need to seek the, the heavenly treasures, I think Jesus would say, don't be distracted. Don't be distracted by your wants. So he said, what? I need to change? Yeah, yeah. I, I need to change from being distracted by, by my, my needs. Some of them stated, one of them subtle, and, and my wants. But, but then he says this, uh, uh, I need to change from being distracted to being focused. Look at verse 33, and we'll, we'll finish up here. Verse 33 says this, but seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be, be given to you as well. Now, I will point out that the promise there is that he's promising us our needs. And so if he preached that sermon today, I don't think he's going to promise our wants. You, you, can, you can listen to some guys on TV that will tell you that Jesus says, seek me and I'll give you all your wants as well. Uh, they're going to have to answer for, for that heresy someday. But uh, I don't think that's what he would say to us. But, but to them, he was saying, hey, seek God first. Stay focused on him. Be focused on him. And the stuff that you really knew, need, which isn't that it? <laughs> If I can drink, if I can eat, if I can be clothed, if I can have shelter, isn't that what I really, really need? God's going to take care of it. See, what he's saying is we need to prioritize Jesus. We need to prioritize storing up treasures in heaven. We need to prioritize serving and loving like Jesus. We need to prioritize putting other people first. We need to prioritize forgiving others. We need to prioritize trying to look like Jesus. He said, what, I, I need to change? I need to change to be focused? I'll, I'll, I'll close with this. Last Saturday morning, Reed and I got up, uh, and it was a beautiful morning, went out and sat on our, our front porch. She had a cup of coffee in her hand, and I had a bottle of, uh, of water, cold water, by the way, uh, with flavoring in it, if you must know. Uh, I, I sat with my bottle of strawberry-flavored water, her with a cup of coffee, and we looked down at the pine tree in, in our front yard, and we started talking about birds. She, she had hung up a couple bird feeders this year, this spring, and we sat there, oh, 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 look, that yellow, that's a yellow finch, and oh, there's the red bird, and, and, and we sat there talking about birds, and finally Rita looked at me, and she, she said, when did we get old? We're sitting on the front porch like her mom and dad, watching birds and talking about birds. And, and uh, uh, I pointed out that we got old a long time ago, but you know, we're just starting to try to admit it a little bit. But, but this is what I did. This is what I did, because we decided it was kind of hard to see those birds, so I went and bought a pair of binoculars. I went and bought a pair of binoculars, so now we sit on our front porch, and I can, if my kids are watching, I know Caleb did yesterday, uh, my other kids will be laughing at me now, but we sit on our front porch with those binoculars so we can look up real close at our birds and, and talk about them. Yeah, we're old. But when we got the binoculars, if you've ever got some, and we got, we got some uh, uh, Bushnell. These aren't cheap ones. These aren't these little $5 ones. And, and we got Bushnells, and, and, and you put them up to your, your face. There's one thing you have to do first. Well, me, I have to take my glasses off because... Even though you're supposed to be able to see them glasses, it doesn't work. I, you have to focus them. And, and I got some fancy ones. They're two focus. You focus 
you close the right eye and focus the left eye, and then there's another little dial you focus the right eye so you can see perfectly what you're looking. Clearly in both eyes, you have to focus. Jesus said, don't, don't be distracted. Don't be distracted. Instead, focus, focus on me. Focus on me. Would you bow with me in prayer? Father, we thank you for your son, Jesus. Lord, I pray that you would give us a laser-like focus. We'd put our eyes uh, and our heart on Jesus and living like him. Father, that, that the, the cares of this word, world, the worries of this world, Father, the, particularly the wants of this world, would fade in the background and we would focus on storing up treasures in heaven. Father, we thank you for Jesus. We thank you that we can be like him. Lord, give us that focus as we uh, stop being distracted by the things that take our eyes off of you. Father, we thank you for the love that you showed us in giving us your son. If there's someone here today, if there's someone that's watching that doesn't know you, Father, give them, give them courage. Give them courage to make a phone call, to, to send an email, to send a text, to, to drop by the office, to be here next Sunday. Father, we want everyone, we want everyone to know you. You want everyone to come into relationship with your son, Jesus. Let no one, uh, no one go to bed tonight without knowing that they can know who you are and have confidence uh, in their salvation through you. We pray this all in Jesus' name. We're excited uh, to have you be with us next week. Thank you for watching today. I know probably we're a little down a little bit with Mother's Day, so you all have a great Mother's Day. Uh, but thanks for, for being a part of our service today. We will see you next Sunday morning, 8.15. And again at 10 o'clock. 10 o'clock will be on, uh, on uh, Facebook Live. Remember that God is still God and God is still in control.